Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Top Docs Radio. Brought to you by Hyperbaric Physicians of Georgia, a comprehensive wound resolution and UHMS accredited hyperbaric medicine practice with four offices to serve you. Find us on the web at www.hbomdga.com. Facebook and Twitter at HBOMDGA. Hey everyone, it's C.W. Hall, and this week on the show, I sat down with Dr. Gilles Lamarche. He was a longtime practicing chiropractor and is now the Vice President of Professional Relations at Life University, located in Marietta, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. This college is actually the largest school for doctors of chiropractic medicine in the world. They offer a number of degree programs in other health-related fields, including some master's offerings. Uh, They have things like kinesiology, uh, vitalistic nutrition, functional neurology. Uh, They even offer degree programs in business. They have a robust athletic program. Their men actually won the 15-man rugby championship this year. I also hosted Dr. Jake Shores. He's also a chiropractor, and he's the head clinician for Carrick Brain Centers with offices in Atlanta and Dallas. This organization offers traumatic brain injury patients and folks dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder and a number of other neurologic conditions that are affecting their quality of life, applying their innovative use of functional neurology techniques to help these patients restore a high level of functioning and get their quality of life back. Uh, Coming up next, check out Jake as he introduces us to their innovative approach to dealing with these brain injured patients. We have patients that come from literally all over the world who haven't been able to get the results that they're after anywhere else. So we're very fortunate to have quite a presence and to be able to help as many people as we possibly can. Really the most unique thing is probably our perspective on the central nervous system as well as the peripheral nervous system. If you look at someone's MRI and they've had a whatever injury, but everything looks fine on their imaging, many people would say there's nothing wrong. But clearly if something's still going on, it's coming from somewhere. And more often than not, it's going to be in their brain or their brain stem or another part of the central nervous system. The perspective we have is that we try and find ways using pharmacology last to be able to activate those parts of their brain using their own body and their own systems in order to facilitate rehabilitation of wherever that issue is in their brain. So it's not necessarily the equipment. It's more of a school of thought that we use that makes us unique compared to other people. Here's Jill talking about the degree programs that they offer at Life University. Yeah, Life University was initially uh, formed as a chiropractic college 40 years ago and then gained university status through the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools. And now we offer 13 undergrad programs, three master's programs. And of course, our flagship program is still our doctor of chiropractic program. We're around the 3,000 student level right now. So we're considered really a small to medium sized private university. Our goal is to increase enrollment and bring the university to five to 6,000 by 2020. That's a big goal. We've got five years to actually almost double our enrollment at the university, but we know we have an amazing faculty. We've got great administration that actually have the ability to make that happen. For example, we have uh, one of only two master's programs in positive psychology. And people say, you know, what's the difference between psychology and positive psychology? Positive psychology is where you get trained to look at any issue on the positive side rather than negative, neutral, or stressed. Interesting. Regular psychology looks at you as you're broken. What can we do to fix you? Positive psychology looks at you as you have this innate ability to be whole. What can we do to help you achieve that wholeness that's actually available to you? So it, it really bridges well with the chiropractic paradigm of health and healing 
that we refer to as being vitalism, you know, understanding that we have this innate ability to heal, just like in the work that you do uh, with your clinic, you understand, sure, but the body's got this innate ability to heal. Right. Through the hyperbaric chambers, you actually assist the healing process. Yeah, or wake it up. Or wake it up, exactly. And in chiropractic, that's basically what we look at. You know, we see the body as whole and able to heal. If there's interference, what do you do to correct that interference? So another program that we have at Life University, uh, bachelor's and master's, is nutrition. But we refer to it as a degree in vitalistic nutrition. Not just trying to fix something that's bad, but trying to help you Thrive, lead yeah. your body to a thriving space, the way we were designed to be. So beautiful little campus, you know, not too far from where we are today, off of Cobb on Barclay Circle. We're on, I, on 106 acres. It's wooded. It's... And I think Dr. Jake was telling me today that he's a graduate of Life University. I am. It's a, it's absolutely a beautiful campus. That was one of the things that as soon as I came on my visit and toured the campus and the recruiting department did a great job there, I was sold immediately. Stick around. We've got the full interview with Jill and Jake coming up next. Good afternoon, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on the Top Docs Radio Show. Thanks so much for making us a part of your day again today. I'm pleased to have in studio with me a couple of experts in chiropractic medicine, uh, one of which I had the pleasure of interviewing a few months ago, actually, on the Health Connect South radio show, and I uh, was uh, so impressed with what they do, I wanted to bring them over and uh, talk here on the Top Docs radio show as well. I got Jill Lamarche from Life University in Marietta, Georgia. Good afternoon, CW. Pleasure to be with you. Now, it is the largest chiropractic university in the United States. Is that correct? Or if not, one of the largest anyway? It is actually the largest in the world. I mean, other than the chiropractic program, though, we also have 13 right. undergrad programs, three master's programs. But for, in the chiropractic world, it is the largest. Yeah. And one of the things that brought this together, actually, Leanna Cart, uh, who is from the Georgia Chiropractic Association, I believe, uh, had stopped by a few weeks ago to talk about the fact that May was National Posture Awareness Month. Yes. I did not know that. And we all know that good posture is important. As a matter of fact, <laughs> as a matter of fact, just yesterday, I installed in my office at Life University a wonderful contraption called the Very Desk. So I can do most the, of my work actually thing? standing instead yeah. of sitting. See, Turner put those in. My wife works over at Turner Broadcasting, and they put those in. She loves it. Because you might have heard that a lot of people say sitting is the new smoking. It, it probably creates, is. It creates as many health issues as smoking. So National yeah, Posture Week is May, so it's good that we in this studio... Yeah. Always have good posture, and we pay attention to it at the, our own offices, too. <laughs> <laughs> and my other guest in the studio is Jake Shorts. He's also a chiropractor, head clinician for Carrick Brain Centers. And I became familiar with that organization. They've been here in, a, in the Atlanta area and in, in Marietta as well for a little while now. And they do some really impressive work with folks who've got uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, a lot of work with folks from the traumatic brain injury population, regardless of what the, the mechanism of injury is. They They've been able to do some really impressive things. I got to go by and see the center, talk to one of their providers there, and, and the work that they do at Carrick is really impressive. I know that people travel from all over the country to actually be seen in your centers to have some outcomes relating to their uh, neurologic injuries that they weren't able to achieve elsewhere. So thanks for taking some time to talk about what you all are doing over there, Jake. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, yeah, we have patients that come from literally all over the world who haven't been able to get the results that they're after anywhere else. So we're very fortunate to have quite a presence and to be able to help as many people as we possibly can. Now, I know that the Carrick Brain Centers have locations both here and in Dallas. Is that Are there others beyond these two? No, 
right now, those are only two centers. Let's talk about, Kara, tell people about your model, because, I mean, from what I understand, most of the practitioners that are working with patients that have these traumatic brain injuries, for example, in particular, are chiropractors, and you're using some of those skills that, that you've accumulated to help those patients achieve some things that they were not really getting success with elsewhere. So talk about your model and how you go about what you're doing. So the way we work is everything's supervised medically, obviously, you know, to make sure we maintain the standards of care. And our big stance is that the better functioning someone's brain is, the healthier their entire body is going to be. So we use someone's own body and the systems contained within it in order to be able to achieve maximum efficiency of those neurological systems to hopefully resolve whatever issues and challenges they're having. Talk about your approach at Carrick Brain Centers to treating traumatic brain injuries and other neurologic problems that you're able to help these patients with? Really, the most unique thing is probably our perspective on the central nervous system as well as the peripheral nervous system. If you look at someone's MRI and they've had a whatever injury, but everything looks fine on their imaging, many people would say there's nothing wrong. But clearly, if something's still going on, it's coming from somewhere. And more often than not, it's going to be in their brain or their brainstem or another part of the central nervous system. The perspective we have is that we try and find ways using pharmacology last to be able to activate those parts of their brain using their own body and their own systems in order to facilitate rehabilitation of wherever that issue is in their brain. So it's not necessarily the equipment. It's more of a school of thought that we use that makes us unique compared to other people. Talk about that. Do you very often see people who are having some sort of motor function issue? I'm not able to walk very well or have very coordinated gait, for example. They've done studies on me, my MRI, that you're talking about, mm-hmm. whatever imaging that they would be using if it's PET or, or something else, uh, that that looks normal, yet I'm having a problem. Right. Balance is really is very common. Uh, memory is also very common, brain fog, and just overall fatigue, as well as abnormal movement patterns and, you know, getting dizzy all the time and just don't feel right. Is Those are probably the most common complaints we have. So the, those are the things that really are in our, our wheelhouse. So that's what we try and deal with the most often because that's what we find the greatest results with. You know, I think that, um, I know for me it was a learning um, opportunity that, kind of surprised me. And then when I got to meet Jill a few months ago, and we talked more about um, the, the just the, the practice of chiropractic medicine, I mean, I was very much a layperson as it related to the specialty. I mean, I always thought about it in perspective of, oh, I need to go get adjusted, right? Um, something's out of whack, and I'm having some pain, and I need an adjustment, and really was thinking about it more from a bony alignment, uh, you know, a joint alignment kind of perspective, but I thought it was interesting, and this really, you know, with your clinical practice uh, at Carrick Brain Centers, really being on the neurologic piece of it, the, 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 the bony structures end up being the, the framework within which much of that neural system is carried and protected, uh, the, the spine and so forth, and, and, and I, I, I think that that, for me anyway, it was a little bit of a shift, and oh, I never really thought about the specialty from that perspective, that, that you're really dealing with it as a neurologic practice more than like bony structure or how I'm aligned. Well, the majority of people in America think of a chiropractor. Well, if I've got a back pain or a neck pain, maybe I should go to the chiropractor or maybe I shouldn't. And they, they have opinions. But the reality is the, the, the spine is one of the ways that we can actually access the nervous system. So in my practice, I always told patients, yeah, I'm not a bone doctor. I'm really a nervous system doc. And my goal is to determine whether or not we can access the nervous system through the spine, which we know we can. And the work that Dr. Jake is talking about is, you know, one step further. He's done further studies and understanding the a deeper root of, of neurology. Um, Life University has a neurology center as well. And I had 
the pleasure of seeing some great results at that center. Uh, one was a young lady who actually flew in from China who was 17 years old. She was born with cerebral palsy. And the way I was told by her mother, a child born with cerebral palsy or with any type of defect in China is basically kept away from society. Yeah, so this shunned. young little girl yeah. was, was pretty much shunned. And her mother, uh, extremely wealthy family. They could have done anything that they wanted to. But she came into that center with her left hand completely closed with a limp. She had never opened her hand. The clinician there said, there's nothing wrong with her arm. There's nothing wrong with her hand. What we've discovered in our testing is that her brain is not communicating with her hand. On the fourth day, I saw that young lady holding her iPhone and texting with both thumbs, being able to fully open her hand. And I was amazed. Why was I there? Not just because I work at Life University, because I had uh, snowmobiled a little too much. And on the third day, being very, very tired, I came around a corner and I hit a tree at about 50, 55 miles an hour is what my buddy behind me tells me, enough that I actually left a print of my helmet on the tree and suffered a concussion. I'm bilingual, French and English, having learned the languages at a very young age, and the way it was described to me is that, you know, the center of my brain where I learned French is different than the center of my brain where I learned English, okay. contrary to if you learn multiple languages as an adult. And so there I was, I could have been speaking to you in English, and all of a sudden a, a French word would creep in. Or I'd be thinking of this, this idea that I wanted to share. I'm speaking to someone in English, and I, I can see the idea. I could describe the idea in French, but I couldn't do it in English. So off I went to the Functional Neurology Center at Life, and you know they, ma they made some discoveries that my chiropractor had not made. And I'd say within four weeks, I was like 100% normal. So even I... Having been a chiropractor since 1979, was amazed at what they can do with what Dr. Jake practices, which is functional neurology, like, you know, a step above what we do in a chiropractic office. So in the case that you mentioned with the young girl, what, what did it turn out? Were they able to identify the source of what was interfering? Because that's one of the things from a practical perspective in terms of what you're trying to do with things like adjustments, for example, that everybody thinks about when they think about the chiropractor, you're not trying to necessarily focus just on a, the pain that comes from a, uh, an alignment problem. You're also thinking about the fact that that impinges potentially on the nervous system, which, as we know, leads to problems, whether it's loss of sensation or loss of muscle function, weakness, and things like that. So was, was that problem identified? What, what, what were so, they able to do? Well, this young lady had been under chiropractic care in China. Uh, Life University actually has a clinic in China. So she'd been under chiropractic care with the chiropractor there, and he recognized that he had brought her to a certain level of recovery but wasn't going to be able to take her beyond that with the skills and knowledge that he had. When she came and had that full functional neurology evaluation, I can't tell you clinically because the clinician didn't explain everything to me, but the, what he said is that there was a part of her brain that was actually not communicating with the rest of her body. And they discovered that, and then they put her through some functional movements that were specifically uh, designed to drive that part of her brain, basically to highlight and to, to drive that I part see. of her brain. Once that part of the brain basically woke up, she started to have function. Because they had tested the arm, as I said, there was nothing wrong physiologically or functionally with the shoulder, the elbow, the hand. Everything was there. She had normal reflexes. She had normal sensation to touch. She, I mean, she had everything that tells us she should have been able to move her hand. Except the command center, the brain, 
wasn't giving the command. And so by having specific activities, then that created, like you say, it actually jumpstarts that It's like, it's like jumpstarted the brain. It's I really mean, an intriguing idea because it, there, there is, some, is an interesting overlap in a way to what we do with our health practice. Uh, I mentioned the fact that I'm a part of a medical practice outside of here. And I mentioned it just because I, I always found that that element w- that I'm going to talk about was intriguing as well. And that is, for us, we're treating patients that have a wound of some kind that's not healing well. It can be there for months or even years. Same thing with radiation injury as well. And with those, in those cases, if you look at the edge of a, a wound that's not healing uh, for that we're going to treat with hyperbaric medicine, and you do an oxygen level reading at the edge, it's it's close to normal, and then you go a little further in, it's a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less. And what ends up happening is that the delta, the difference from this one to this one to this one, is so shallow, so minor, that your body will actually ignore it, and it won't know to heal itself. It's really kind of strange to think about that. It's it's It sounds similar in a way to what you're describing, that if whether it's through some sort of disease process, whether it's a genetic thing or, or whatever the case may be, that you can actually have motor areas of the brain that, for whatever reason, they weren't firing as they should, but you can actually, if they're all there, you can actually do some things to get them going again and actually make them put out signal. Basically on sleep mode. You know, if you think of a computer, that section of her brain was on sleep mode. They actually figured out a way to wake it up. Some of it, I think Dr. J could talk about it more, but some of it through particular eye movements, some of them through specific uh, movements to uh, aff- affect brain function, affect, affect posture, affect proprioception, some balance exercises. It was really amazing to watch this young lady go from dysfunctional in her left hand to fully functional in five days. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's some of the sorts of things that um, the the doctor I got to see when I went by the, the Marietta location for Carrick Brain Center was similar to what you're describing with the, the patients that are coming with some of the traumatic brain injuries is that they're going through a number of different activities like you described that I guess can affect and wake up certain areas of the brain. Can you talk about some of the types of approaches that you're using to kind of does what he described kind of sure. make you go, yeah, I can tell you about what, what what was going on there. So based on based on what I'm hearing from that case, is it, basically it sounds like there was an issue as far as awareness in the brain of that body part in space. So if you're not really aware it exists or you don't have an accurate perception of it, the chances that you're going to operate that limb or that body part efficiently goes down radically. So what I'm guessing they did, based on what we do and who I know is there, is that they found certain pathways in certain areas of the brain that just weren't working the way they were supposed to. So they went through and devised a series of activities to activate those specific parts of the brain as well as pathways in the nervous system that are common to those areas. So there's always more than one route to get to a location, right, more often than not. So the cool thing is is there's always more than one access point. So the diversity of the therapies that were done for patients like that can be as diverse as you can make them as long as you find out they're effective for that patient. So if you have someone who can't operate their arm, you can do eye movements, which will actually help their brain remap where they perceive that body part in space and actually make it more accurate as far as 
interacting with the environment, including your own internal environment. So when you talk about doing some activities with eye movement, are you saying that I'm going to be watching a screen or watching something move around that makes my eyes have to follow it? Right, in a, in a specific pattern, because we know there are different parts of the brain that induce your eyes to move in different directions. So if those parts of your brain have a pathway in common that's associated with, say, an upper limb or a part of your cerebellum that's associated with that limb, it increases the likelihood that that will be effective in creating a change in that part of your body. That's interesting. So are you using as part of your, your, your treatment or diagnosis, are you using things like PET scans or scans that show brain activity along the way? Or is it more, we've, we've got the map, we know that this particular area and this particular, like you talk about, say, using the cardinal gaze, for example, as mm-hmm. a way to manipulate different parts of the brain. Uh, are you using you know imagery like that to to kind of determine where are they now and where are they in relation to some of this training or or retraining that we're doing? So more often than not, uh, patients will come to us with that imaging already. Okay. Because in general, we're not usually the first stop yeah. on the block. Right. Uh, and the ones who continue to seek us out are the ones who haven't had good results elsewhere. So when we we review it. If they don't have it and we want it, we will absolutely refer them out to get the imaging that we think is necessary. Uh, but currently, we're not using functional MRIs or PET scans or spec scans or anything like that to determine what we're doing. We go more on a clinically objective basis as like the, well as how the Like a set of what they're doing. describing as their symptoms or their function levels? So that Yeah, that would be more on the subjective side, which we also use in value. Okay. But based on what we're seeing as well as some of the other testing that we're doing to evaluate objectively how they're doing and how their function is changing. Okay. And we're talking with chiropractors, Jill LaMarche and Jake Shores. And uh, Jill is also the Vice President of Professional Relations for Life University. And we'll talk more about uh, the, all the cool things that uh, are going on over at Life University. We've been learning how the Carrick Brain Centers are able to employ a number of different techniques and approaches to help people with traumatic brain injuries uh, and other things going on, like the case that, uh, that Jill described where someone had, had, had some limited neural functioning that they were actually able to turn around through uh, some of the approaches that they're using and and how they view the just the neural system neurologic system in, in general I, I find it very intriguing when you look at the patients that you're dealing with Jake um, can you can you talk about who are the people that really should contemplate getting linked up with specialists like yours I would imagine that that there's probably some measure of benefit to timeliness um, with some of these types of injuries for example a traumatic brain injury I would imagine that if you can get to it a little bit sooner than later that perhaps you have a greater outcome of return of function if correct me if i'm wrong but um but talk about ideal timing if possible and then you know the types of patients that that would really achieve the greatest clinical benefits from getting linked up with your professionals sure so say somebody has a traumatic brain injury literature states that you have to wait two to four weeks for all the neurochemistry to reset okay which in many cases is true After that, the sooner the better, generally, because you're familiar with neuroplasticity, Mm -hmm. the brain's ability to change and develop and and so on. So just as that can be beneficial, the longer you wait and let an issue kind of solidify, (laughs) neuroplasticity works the same the other way as well. I see. So generally, the sooner the better. It's almost like neuroregidity. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's pretty good. It probably goes from neuroplasticity (laughs) to slight neuro... Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You're probably right, CW. (laughs) Hey, I coined that. That's a patent thing now. Yeah, That's a new CW it. word. Yeah. I'll let you use it. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but beyond that, generally, the sooner the better. 
the unfortunate thing is, and we're doing a good job, our marketing department is doing a great job of creating uh, awareness of what we're doing to uh, try and get more people uh, to be able to have access to us, is <laughs> the sooner we can get them, the better. And as that awareness becomes greater and greater, that will hopefully lead more people through our doors, and hopefully we can get better results for people that they haven't achieved elsewhere. So things like concussive injuries, falls, um, strokes, okay, balance issues, anything for the most part, anything other than really degenerative conditions, uh, including developmental disorders as well. We actually we're getting ready to. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but we're getting ready to put out some papers on uh, uh, degenerative as well as developmental disorders that should be coming out in the near future, which is going to be really, really exciting. In terms of increasing or improving on outcomes for those types of patients as well is what you're saying? Exactly right. I see. And so using much the same kind of approaches that you're talking about where you're engaging different parts of the brain. and we find out where the weakness is in the brain and try and engage that and create as much efficiency as possible to elevate the, <laughs> the function of that area of their brain and hopefully improve the quality of life of that patient. Can you share uh, an example or two, perhaps, maybe of, of situations that you saw a patient and they were in a really sad shape and and things that you were able to do with them to kind of sort of like Jill was able to describe, just a situation that might give somebody an idea of what we're talking about? Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, I actually uh, recently I've had uh, a young little boy with who had a, a stroke at birth mm-hmm. and he pretty much sat in his wheelchair with his head down, slumped off to the left, and you know did a lot of midline stimming, <laughs> to use that term. And we've actually we got him to a point where he can actually hold his head up and actually engage with his parents and actually start taking in his environment. And his parents are absolutely thrilled. And now the potential for that child is significantly greater than it would have been before he ever came to us. And how young is the patient that when you were starting to work with him? Uh, I believe six or seven. Okay, so he, so it'd be somebody that was old enough to be doing, you know, tell him I want you to track this or or different. Oh, he wasn't. He wasn't at that point. I see. No, so we had the fun part is we had to kind of challenge ourselves and figure out different ways to keep him engaged and interactive with us so that we could actually make the changes we wanted to. That was the really fun part. So for you, when you were designing that kind of care plan, were you able to take, I guess, um, information about where in the brain was affected by Mm -hmm. the stroke and then design activities or actions that you were going to take to try to, I guess, create a little bit more activity or stimulation in that spot? Is that what you were trying to do? You talked about rewiring and getting to different routes into that area. You got it. So we actually used uh, a lot of musculoskeletal work and used his own body to our advantage. So the greater awareness he has in his brain of his own body, the more effectively he can operate it. So now he actually has tone in the muscles, his extensor muscles on his back and can hold his neck up and actually has truncal stability. So now the world of possibilities is greatly open to that young boy. It's interesting. It sounds very much in 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 some ways the work that you're doing. It reminds me a lot of what my own daughter went through. Uh, she worked with an occupational therapist, a pediatric occupational mm-hmm. therapist, had some um, uh, vestibular issues, some sensory processing, and it's very very interesting to watch them do their their therapy because it looks like play. You know, very much so. Mm-hmm. Climbing on things, jumping on things, um, different things to to create uh, core strength. You know, that was one of the big things that they measured is how long can you hold your trunk up off the floor of laying on your stomach, for example. Not Most of them not very long. Um, 
And I found it very intriguing. And one of the things that they talked about in, in the kids, and, and, and it was true for, for Olivia at, at first, was not doing very well with where when your movement has to cross over the midline of your mm-hmm. body, for example. So uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because in all the different activities that they do begins to do just what you're describing, where it makes the brain begin to use different routes into those areas that are, I guess, not performing at a level that you would want them to be coordinating as well. It's really about giving them the ability to perceive where they are in space. And that's what happens with most of these people when they have those traumatic brain injuries, that their body can't perceive where they are. And so they they can't function the way you and I can function. There's there's lack of balance. There's lack of symmetry. There's lack of visual symmetry. Sometimes they can't even maintain a horizontal gaze, like he was saying with that young man, right? His head was dropped all Mm -hmm. the time. So his ability to perceive his environment was limited to what he could see, you know, probably down at his legs. Right. And they gave him that opportunity. You know, one of the celebrity cases that you may or may not have heard of is, is you know, Sidney Crosby. I'm a Canadian, so, you know, we all know about hockey. When Sidney was told that he'd never play hockey again because of his second or third concussion, he actually came to Life University. Actually, Dr. Carrick was at Life University at the time. And Sidney was treated at the Life University Functional Neurology Center. And I believe within five days was actually back on the ice. And the problem that he had is that he couldn't perceive where the puck was compared to where his, his hockey stick was. So he would miss it all the time. He would miss it all the time. Wow. And, you know, as we well know, if you watch the, uh, you know, hockey this year, I mean, he played very well. <laughs> so thanks to great functional neurology, you know, Sidney Crosby was, you know, back on the ice and, and playing hockey. And it has been for, you know, for the last few years. And, and of course, that was celebrated in Sports Illustrated. And I think that that was one of the articles, if you like, that brought functional neurology to the forefront, that people actually started talking about, oh, my gosh, there must be something to this functional neurology that is developing in the chiropractic world. We've been talking with doctors of chiropractic medicine, Jill Marsh and Jake Shores from Carrick Brain Centers. Of course, Jill is the vice president of professional relations for Life University, as he's been talking about, and they do some very amazing things. Of course, the largest university training chiropractors in the world. Uh, folks are coming from all over the place. I, I now that now I run into a chiropractor. Oh, you know, you know, somebody they they all know you. Everybody knows. <laughs> most of the ones that I know have been trained there. Um, and so let's talk about life a little bit, because obviously you've got the, this major uh, chiropractic medicine university as part of the school, but Life University is a very large school and has a lot of really cool health science-related career paths that someone can get to through your programs. Yeah, Life University was initially uh, formed as a chiropractic college 40 years ago. And then gained university status through the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools. And now we offer 13 undergrad programs, three master's programs. And of course, our flagship program is still our Doctor of Chiropractic program. We're around the 3,000 student level right now. So we're considered really a small to medium-sized private university. Our goal is to increase enrollment and bring the university to five to 6,000 by 2020. That's a big goal. We've got five years to actually almost double our enrollment at the university, but we know we have an amazing faculty, we've got great administration that actually have the ability to make that happen. For example, we have uh, one of only two master's programs in positive psychology. And people say, you know, what's the difference between psychology and positive psychology? Positive psychology is where you get trained to look at any issue 
on the positive side rather than negative, neutral, or stressed. Interesting. You know, regular psychology looks at you as you're broken. What can we do to fix you? Positive psychology looks at you as you have this innate ability to be whole. What can we do to help you achieve that wholeness that's actually available to you? So it, it really bridges well with the chiropractic paradigm of health and healing that we refer to as being vitalism, you know, understanding that we have this innate ability to heal. Just like in the work that you do uh, with your clinic, you understand, sure, but the body's got this innate ability to heal. Right. Through the hyperbaric chambers, you actually assist the healing process. Yeah, or wake it up. Or wake it up, exactly. And in chiropractic, that's basically what we look at. You know, we see the body as whole and able to heal. If there's interference, what do we do to correct that interference? So another program that we have at Life University, uh, bachelor's and master's, is nutrition. But we refer to it as a degree in vitalistic nutrition. Not just trying to fix something that's bad, but trying to help you Thrive, lead yeah. your body to a thriving space the way we were designed to be. So beautiful little campus, you know, not too far from where we are today, off of Cobb on Barclay Circle. We're on, on 106 acres. It's wooded. It's... And I think Dr. Jake was telling me today that he's a graduate of Life University. I am. It's a, it's absolutely a beautiful campus. That was one of the things that as soon as I came on my visit and toured the campus and the recruiting department did a great job there, I was sold immediately. Well, now, were you an athlete? Because I know that that's one of the things that you offer is there's several pretty impressive athletic programs as part of the university. Uh, well, I played rugby for a little bit there. <laughs> but uh, I decided school was more for me as opposed to the sports, so... I, I chose my path, and some people do both successfully. I didn't think I was going to be one of them, so I made my pick. Yeah, well, that's cool, though. And we're still a top school in rugby uh, yep. in the 15s. I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's two games in rugby. There's 15 players on the field on each side, and there's seven players on the field on each side. Okay. So there's 15s and there's sevens. In the 15s, we actually won the national championship this year. Yeah. In the sevens, we made it to the semifinals. We actually lost against uh, Cal State who ended up being the winners of the championship. So we've got a, an awesome rugby program at Life, considered probably in America to be the top uh, college rugby program in the nation. I mean, against universities like Penn State and Cal State and all sorts of great universities. I love it. Um, we, we have a women's cross-country team, women's track team. We have men's basketball. We have women and men's uh, wrestling we're going to swimming very shortly, and we are looking at soccer as maybe being the next sport that we actually introduce. Our goal is to end up uh, being a university that can compete at the NCAA. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's pretty cool that you have those offerings, and I've, I've as I mentioned to you, obviously you all are pushing hard to get some awareness in the community about what you're doing there at Life University and all the different programs that you offer there, particularly in the health sciences arenas. And um, the the pieces that I've seen were all really nice. Uh, they I thought that uh, visually they really do a good job of uh, showing the campus that you were describing, Jake. And, and uh, the uh, obviously the, the sports was a big piece of it since they were doing so well this year in, in rugby. Um, so it's been really cool to see that. And now that I've had a chance to sit and talk with you, I'm like, hey, man, that's, that's, that's Life University. I know it's Jill. He's over there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've, we've got <laughs> initiatives right now in Rome. Our board of trustees has actually um, agreed to allow us to open a branch campus in Rome to serve Europe. We're probably a few years away yet from opening it because we've got all sorts of hoops we have to jump through. We're looking at getting accreditation both from the chiropractic accrediting body and the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools. 
for the program because we want the program to be taught in English. We'd like it to be portable. Basically, somebody comes to Life University in Marietta, they do three or four quarters here, they decide to go to Italy for a few quarters and that they could just come back into our program in Marietta if they chose to do that. We also have an initiative in China. We have an initiative in Costa Rica. So we talk about bringing chiropractic and vitalistic healthcare around the world. That's our focus. That's what we aim to do. And so that's uh, on your locations that are that are, are abroad. Are they basically are they satellites to the university here? Are they the academic in nature, or are they places where your your students and graduates are going out and doing some work associated with the university, but not necessarily? Teaching. Do you see so what I'm saying? Rome uh, is going to be a branch campus of Life University. Okay. Initially, the chiropractic program, and possibly also our positive psychology program. We are in uh, partnership with an English university that presently is in Rome called Link University. So that's really an educational program. In China right now, we have we have a clinic. It's actually um, manned by a Life employee, and we're looking at the potential of opening up a chiropractic institution in China with a local university. How did that come to be? What was the what was the impetus behind that? Well, we know there's, uh, what, 1.2 or 1.4 billion people in China. Uh, they have less than a few dozen chiropractors in the entire country, and chiropractic's not really well understood. And we just looked at an opportunity of bringing that to the world. Well, with having this kind of a holistic and vitalistic approach to neurology and kinesiology of one of the programs, obviously, that you offer there at Life. It would seem to me that when you look at the Asian medicine, like uh, their holistic approaches, and including like acupuncture and different things like that, it would seem that philosophically that this kind of approach would be something that would resonate with those with those folks. Oh, completely, because the word the word vitalism, though they don't use the word vitalism in China, it's it's East, Eastern healthcare, and vitalism fits perfect with what they're doing. So it's being it's being well received. We're just looking at opportunities because obviously, you know, the finances of opening up another institution in a country like China. I mean, we need some great partners to get that to get that to happen. <laughs> One of the other programs that you have there at the university is positive business. Talk about that. Positive business, basically the, sa the same way as we looked at positive psychology or the way I sort of described it. Because Life University, as I told you earlier, um, you know, before we started on air, is that Life University was founded on the principle of lasting purpose, to give, do, love, and serve from this sense of abundance. And positive business is really about that, teaching them how to do business with a sense of integrity. You know, how, how do you create a business and maintain honesty, even in a crisis? Understanding that when we maintain integrity, when we talk about integrity and citizenship, and we look at how we can actually contribute to our communities, what would life be like if every business entrepreneur started with that in mind? What can I bring to the world? Not what can I take from the world? Mm -hmm. So the spin is a little bit different. It doesn't mean they're not going to create thriving capitalistic businesses. That's not it at all. But what if we looked at it from a perspective of what we can bring to the world rather than what we can take. It's interesting. Coming up here in a few weeks, I'm going to actually be talking to a guy on the Midtown Business Radio Show. His name is Bruce, Bruce Kazanoff. He wrote an article, actually a book. It was a, uh, an e-book that, that he put out, and it was called How to Self-Promote Without Being a Jerk. <laughs> oh, I like that title. That's a great title. You're going to have to read it. You can read it in 30 minutes. It, it, it's a super fast read, but the, the, some of the key things that come out of that really kind of fit in with what you're talking about. And... Um, 
I'm I'm intrigued by the program, and I'm I'm certainly interested in helping people learn more about what you're doing there at Life University with it. But the premise being, one of the first things you want to do when you are approaching people in your everyday work and just your personal re- interactions with people, whether they're friends or strangers, is if you if you come at it every interaction, business or personal, with how can I help this person? Yes, absolutely. How can I help this person? Nine times out of ten, it ends up in the end coming back to you. Well, you it, cha- it changes the social fabric of the conversation, of the relationship, and it changes how we behave in our entire community. Yeah. And inadvertently, as you said, it comes back to serve you. So if we serve others, we in turn receive that. You know, recently, I write a Facebook post in the morning that I attach to a picture just because it helps me get focused. And I understand that it does help other people, but I'll be honest, I actually started doing it for me. You know, how can I get myself focused? And the other day, sometime last week, I wrote, um, I dreamt that life was joy. I awoke to discover that life was service. And behold, service was joy. <laughs> and, you know, as I sat down at my desk in my study at home, and I just try to write these one sentences or, you know, use maybe a dozen words to write something that touches my heart that hopefully will touch other people. But I thought, wow, isn't that true? And that's what I discovered in my life. And I learned really early on from my dad and, and other mentors that service is the price you pay for taking up space on the planet. And those of us who choose to serve with that open heart Believe me, we gain so much in return. I agree. I didn't do it to gain. Right. But I've discovered how blessed my life has been, how blessed I have been in my life. And I was like, yeah, it's got to do because I'm always willing to serve. Talk about the uh, Life Talks World Congress. I know that that was coming up when when we were hosting you last time uh, in, in the spring. You were getting ready for the World Congress. Talk, talk about how that went. That went actually quite well, and it depends on how you look at well. You know, the president, at the end of the event, it was a two-day event. At the end of the event, the president wrote me a text, and he said, congratulations, we moved the university and this event significantly forward in the past two days. And because I'm all about, you know, creating a huge event for a huge amount of people, I was a little disappointed because we didn't have the turnout that I had originally expected. What I do know is that every attendee who came to that event was thrilled with what they learned. We had speakers that came from, uh, from, one from England, one from Ireland, that spoke on peace and compassion, one that spoke on intention, another speaker came from Brussels, Belgium, and then, of course, we had, you know, North American speakers as well. So it was a great event. We hosted Life University. We're going to host the second um, Life Talks World Congress in 2016, and the topic of conversation in 2016 is going to be integrity, integrity in education integrity in business, integrity in family, integrity in relationships. And it's really, our goal was to create a platform of conversation where people can come together and have conversations that are unlikely being held anywhere else with people that are at the top of their field. For example, in 15, we had uh, Dr. Fred Luskin, who is the director of the Forgiveness Project at Stanford. I mean, the the man is an expert on forgiveness. The 30-minute talk that he gave was, the word that came was was a French and English word, but it was formidable. It was an amazing way of getting people to understand the power of forgiveness 
and how your life suffers when you choose not to. I was just going to say that that's the that was the paradigm shift because I learned this lesson not you know in the in the last four years or so that I I think that when we think of the concept of forgiveness, we I think that we're we least I'll speak for myself and then I'll transfer it to everybody else. Um, that that my my view of forgiveness meant that I'm letting you off the hook for this for this slight, this major injury, whatever the case may be along the continuum of severity. You hurt me in some form or fashion and therefore if I quote unquote forgive you, I'm giving you a pass, but that's not really it. The my concept of forgiveness has become that I don't have to continue to emote about it. That's right. exactly what I can't, it is. I can't change the injury. The injury has occurred, and maybe it was egregious. Maybe it was terrible, and maybe it caused me great pain. But the forgiveness is for you, not them. That's correct. And I think that that is the. I think that that is the. To use golf, the swing thought. If you can, if you can think about it that way. That's that's really where the value of forgiveness comes anyway. I mean, they have a benefit, sure. If you're sharing love and forgiveness, that's a great thing to put into the world, but. Really, it's freeing yourself and freeing yourself from the poison of coming and hanging on to that every day. Every and, you moment. know, listeners might say, how does forgiveness come from two chiropractors starting this <laughs> conversation? <laughs> we've, we've, it, it, but it's but part of it. It is, because what we know to be true is that when people live in anger or when they, they live a life of unwillingness to forgive, there is a stress that builds up. Right. When that stress builds up, their sympathetic nervous system gets hyperactive, their parasympathetic system is less active and in a hyperactive sympathetic state hormones are released that actually cause you to become ill over time and so that falls into that functional neurology thing that we've been talking about as far as the approach to chiropractic medicine absolutely absolutely i mean when people live in anger their nervous system isn't functioning in a balanced state like they it should be functioning if they chose to live in a more service conscious forgiveness conscious loving conscious like unconditionally loving state it's it really benefits you to choose to forgive someone rather than hanging on to it yeah and that's the thing I, that i that i find so interesting here and i believe it more and more every every time i go through experiences with more of this sort of mindset in, in place is that i don't think that many people realize the fact that you just talked about that that our level of stress and how much anxiety that we carry and how much emotion if particularly intense emotion if it's negative um that that the the true effect that that has on our state of wellness not just our our mental or emotional wellness but as you talked about the the hormones that begin to get released that cause things like you know hypertension and and heart problems and and all of those things um come into play by the state of peace that we have inside. And much of that is actually within our control. Rather than staying in what we call the fight or flight. You know, everybody's heard of that right. term, fight or flight. Fight or flight is getting into sympathetic tone. Yeah. And fight or flight was meant to protect yeah, you. Moments. For moments <laughs> and then come back to neutral. Yeah. Where in the stress society we live in, if people actually don't have a plan to maintain peace in their heart, peace, peace in, their, in their body, they end up being in this fight or flight for days, weeks, months, some people years, which is why they get really, really sick. Just bathing themselves in cortisol and norepinephrine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is going to take its toll on their immune system, their brain, their gut function, everything. Nothing is going to be made better other than survival <laughs> by exactly. that kind of stress. So how, do, how, when, how, does the, how are these concepts brought into play as it relates to if I'm going through chiropractic school? How are, the, how are these brought into play so that I can 
pass it on to my patients as I'm interacting with them. Well, let's say what Dr. Jake has to say. He's yeah, the you most, were, he's were, the most recent, recent graduate. graduate yeah, you? I graduated from <laughs> chiropractic school, you know, 36 years ago. I'll tell you my spiel. I'm wondering how different it was than his. How does it get folded in? Into so the chiropractic you, so, school or so into that, my practice? Well, well, I guess we can say both. Um, but so, so that you can pass that information on now that you've learned it and you, you've got this kind of uh, approach or philosophy about how all of this ties into, it's not just your neural system, it's what's, what's your level of stress. I mean, are you able to convey and then incorporate, you know, as you're intaking a new patient? Or, so as, as I'm kind of explaining this to a new patient, I'm a big fan of using a whiteboard and dry erase markers because it makes everything real simple and there's no questions. You can draw all the arrows you want and erase anything. So the thing is, is there are certain parts of your nervous system that are obviously associated with stress and anxiety and that whole survival mechanism. And in the short term, when you need them, it's absolutely fantastic to be able to call upon them and <laughs> hopefully Run survive, real fast. right? Yeah, fight really hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> but when you don't need them and they're overactive, it is not going to do anything good for you. So there, just like there's the go switch, there are other switches that are supposed to turn the volume knob down on your stress levels in those mm -hmm. centers. So when those aren't working well, you're going to be secreting cortisol and norepinephrine and a whole bunch of interleukins and cytokines, which are going to absolutely cause physical damage to your body, period. Now, if you can actually increase the efficiency of those parts of your brain and your nervous system that are supposed to turn the volume knob down on stress, you're also going to release some better neurotransmitters that will actually help you feel better and increase your vitality. So the, so the, the, the more you feel gratitude and joy in your day, the, the, the more likely you are to be able to handle things like getting exposed to a cold or uh, whatever the case may be. The better you will tolerate stress, period whether it be emotional, physical, chemical, environmental, whatever you want, the better those systems are functioning, the better you will tolerate the challenges of your day. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. I, the more I learn about life, the more I'm glad to be able to uh, talk to you all here on the, on the shows and be able to share with folks what you're doing. Because um, I, I really have begun to get exposed to more of that kind of, uh, I guess, a vitalistic, if you will, uh, way of looking at things. Um, somewhat by accident in some cases, but uh, different things I've been able to read uh, of late, um, things we've seen, we, we people might laugh, but there was something we saw not too long ago called the secret law of attraction. Fam familiar I, with I've that? I've seen it, yes. Um, I mean, it places a whole lot of focus on money and things like that, but I, I, the things that really resonated with me kind of played in what you were talking about earlier uh, in, in regards to vitalistic business. Um, and that is if you approach things with a little bit more of a measure of gratitude and, and a little bit more of a measure of how can I help these people that I'm interacting with, whatever the case may be, that that's the energy that we tend to attract to us in, in, our, in our life, whether it's professional or, or interpersonal. And um, I don't know, I think it's really cool to, to see a university really deploying that kind of training and thought process, if you will, across... Um, some health provider career paths. Well, interestingly, you know, one of the gifts that I brought you that I just took out of the envelope that I brought for you yeah. was a little booklet that was put together at Life University a few years ago called Happy Life. And Happy Life has to do with helping people understand and participate in some very specific habits that are more what, we, what Dr. Jake and I would refer to as more of a parasympathetic state. For example, we talk about you know, habit number one, you know, writing thank you notes for people that you're grateful. You mentioned the word gratitude. 
hap, you know, habit number two, choosing to learn and practice, you know, meditation. Habit number three, physical exercise, which <laughs> helps actually balance it. We know that, you know, a lot of people don't make that a normal part of their life. Right. Habit number four, you know, listing your our gratitudes that you mentioned. So when you mentioned the word gratitude, I was like, yeah, I should open this little book. I and should have gone show. to school at Life University, man. <laughs> exactly. And then habit number five, just positive journaling. Oh, so okay. choosing just to write the good things that have happened in your life. That's an interesting so concept, isn't it's it? A, it's a great little yeah, booklet sure. that I brought you that maybe we can talk about the next time we get together. Awesome, but, and we will have you back. But some great habits. And it's really, I always refer, you know, when I'm teaching my children as they were younger and now they're all adults, but I'd say the greatest gift you have ever given is the power to choose. You can choose to create a habit that will serve you, that will be health enhancing, or you can choose a habit that doesn't serve you. I think the choice that, is yours. I think that that is probably one of the hardest things to get is how much we actually have a choice over. You know what I'm saying? And we do. Absolutely. I, I, it, it, it seems counterintuitive until you go, oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, it's, it's like this huge kind of paradigm. You know, it's it's wake like, up welcome call. to America, Seth, uh, kind, of, kind of realization. And, and I, we always make the time go by fast. Um, Jake, did, did we get to cover everything that we need to talk about with regards to Carrot? Because I really want to help folks have a better understanding of what you all do and, and who needs to be thinking about getting involved with your care because I was very impressed by the outcomes that that uh, I think it was Dr. Duffy that I got to mm -hmm. see that uh, up there Excellent at the time. Clinician. And uh, it was, was showing me some things. I watched some of the video pieces that you all put out there to uh, talk about what you do. Anything that folks need to come away with understanding, hey, if I'm dealing with this or Whatever the case may be, I might need to be thinking about linking up with Carrick. Well, it's always worth a question. And the best ways to do that are on our website at www.carrickbraincenters.com. Or you could call our center in Dallas at 214-881, excuse me, 214-771-8885. And what we'll do is when I get the, the link to the podcast put up, there'll be a bio about uh, you and, and uh, information so that folks visiting the show page to listen to the podcast will actually be able to tie in with uh, Carrick Brain Centers through the website and social media. What about you, Jill? Life University, you know, or life.edu, actually the best way to contact life is through our website, www.life.edu. And really simple to remember. And they are also involved in social media and we'll tie in with all of those as well so folks can get linked in. Any final thoughts before we have to get... Get, get you back to your day? Well, I always appreciate you inviting us because I think it's great to be in front of varied audiences to share the message. You know, we could quote all sorts of statistics as to where America is on, a health, on the healthcare scale, and we know we're not doing very well. Mm. We know that when you look at from 2012, when we looked at all the measures, all the metrics that are looked at by the World, World Health Organization, the United States ranks 79th on a list of 81 developed countries. That's just not cool. That's not cool at all. Uh, that year, there was, I think, $2.7 trillion spent on so-called healthcare in America, expected to double every five to six years. That's more than $8,000 per person. Those are, we have huge issues, and too many people believe that health resides in a pill, lotion, or potion. Yep. And we also know from some of those uh, statistics in 2012 that though America makes up less than 5% of the world population, Americans consume more than 50% of prescribed drugs worldwide. And maybe that's some of the things. And, and I, I think that um, in line with what you were saying, I believe that, and, and it, 
I do think that we are going to begin to to shift a little bit in towards preventing the illness rather than absolutely being really good at treating the illness. Absolutely, we're so good at treating the illness. Well, I told that, you that's where the money's made, right? Oh. In treating. So that's kind of been part of our problem is the money is really in treating you once you get it, especially if it's a chronic illness like ooh, like diabetes or heart disease. It's with you now. I can treat you it's for cash flow for a long time. Yeah, you know that's a that's a pretty good subscription. Uh, maybe that uh, as without waxing political, one of the things in the recent changes in the law that really begin to start to require a lot more focus on the prevention side of things, or at least in outcomes. Um, which is beginning to put pressure on on prevention. I think that we'll begin to see some measure of shift, at least in some areas, um, towards preventing things. And, and so it's and that's that's certainly our hope. And that's yeah. why you know I continue. I'll speak anywhere on the on the concept of vitalism, the value it brings to people. Mm-hmm. Not to get me wrong, medicine has done awesome things. As I was discussing with you before the show, I I spent three days in ICU in Baylor in Dallas because I have a friend who had a massive heart attack. The work that they are doing is absolutely phenomenal. Barnon, he would have been dead if they didn't have what they did, and if they didn't have that, that strength and that knowledge and, and that goal to really help humanity. So I always say, you know, medicine has a place where it belongs, and we need to teach people to be responsible yeah. so they, they can access their own happen. innate healing. Yeah. yeah, that's right, and, and uh, prevent it from happening to begin with. So exactly. Gilles Lamarche, of Life University and Jake Shores of Carrick Brain Centers. I really appreciate both of you guys joining me in the studio today. It's been awesome. I've really enjoyed our conversation. And uh, when it comes time for the next have to Life Talks World Congress, you'll have to have me come up there and maybe I can interview some of your people and we can we can put it out on the on the interwebs. That would be absolutely fabulous. Idea. And I think I might have you before and maybe have you do phone interviews with the speakers that All will be right. speaking we'll, we'll, at we'll work some live talks. It's, it's out there now. It's It's been recorded. It's wonderful. Um, it's out there for posterity. So now you can hold me to it. Um, Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, man. Um, and if you, if you uh, need some more information, make sure that you uh, link in with us on the uh, social media sites. We were on Twitter and Facebook at Top Docs on BRX on both Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com slash topdocsonbrx, and Twitter at topdocsonbrx. And then make sure also, if you've not done so already, when you go to the show page at topdocs.businessradiox.com, on the right-hand side of the page, there's a place where you can subscribe to the podcast. Please do that because week in and week out, man, we're bringing you healthcare experts like this from around the area that are talking all kinds of great information from disease management to disease prevention. Um, you name it, you'll get some great information there. And uh, you, sharing it with your with your friends and family might just help somebody that you really care about. So make sure you subscribe to us. For all the folks that made us part of your day today, we really appreciate your time. And to my guests again, thanks so much. Uh, we'll see you all same time, same place next week. 